Welcome to the Future Now Media Podcast, where we believe a future now is a future one. I'm your host, Peggy Kim, and I'm the founder and president of the Future Now Media Foundation, which is a nonprofit leadership incubator for the media and entertainment industry. In this podcast series, we'll be talking to some of today's top industry leaders, executives, and professionals. We'll also hear about their personal and professional career journeys, what makes them tick, how they got to where they are today, and what they've learned along the way. And we'll also share some of the best content from our Future Now live events. The first five years of your career is a time of exploring, learning, and building. You actually never stop doing those things, ever. But those first five years can be challenging because you're still trying to figure things out. Everything is new and it can be overwhelming and stressful. Believe me, I know, I was there. But I'm here to tell you that you can do it, you can make it through, and you can succeed. And that's why Future Now is here. We're here to go on that journey with you, encourage you, equip and train you to be the best future leaders our industry has ever seen. Today's Future Now episode features a panel discussion of young media professionals who are in the first five years of their careers. They include Kim Patel, Director of Corporate Strategy for Vice Media, Shannon Meehan, Senior Client Services Executive and Digital Producer for The Economist Group, Julie Panero, who produces profiles and doc-style videos for Thrillist.com, and Joey Trudy, who is a Program Scheduling Coordinator at AMC and Sundance TV. Moderating the panel is Val Nicholas, the Vice President of Multicultural Initiatives at NBC News. This panel was an audience favorite at the 2018 Future Now Media and Entertainment Conference. Val and the panelists discuss their career journeys and share some of the lessons they've learned so far and tips on how to find a mentor and how to continue developing your media career. Val also takes the audience through some fun exercises together, which you can do too. Take a listen. What did you learn your first five years? Okay, so uh, what I learned my first five years is that everybody, mostly everybody is super helpful if you ask for help. Um, you know, you think, you, I graduated college and I, I knew everything I, I needed to know, you know? Um, but that wasn't the case and, and I could easily ask for help anywhere I could and not to be afraid to ask for help. I think, um, one, like, I've had a few VPs that seem really intimidating at first, but then, you know, they're really not, and they're really there to help you because um, they just want the team to produce the best content as well. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned my first five years. Yeah, at VP school, they teach us to be intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is something I'm looking forward to talking a little bit about, but I, the first five years of your career also coincides with your mid to early 20s when you have a lot of like, it's a soul searching time and you know, confidence is kind of up and down and you have self doubts and it's easy to wallow in that. But when you are in this field and you're having to constantly talk about yourself and pitch yourself and convince people to give you projects, you learn how to um, like believe in yourself and talk about yourself. Um, so the biggest thing I think that I've learned and continue to learn in these first five years is just like how to advocate for myself. Oh, that's good. 
It's fantastic and a, and a good transition to uh, my learnings, which have been that advocation for yourself, um, but also just that trust and that self-confidence um, and being able to, to lean on, on others, whether they're your, your colleagues or uh, those that you're reporting into, um, those people that are sitting in the seats next to you, people do really want to, to help um, and being able to communicate and, and raise your hand for opportunities, really put yourself out there and, and challenge yourself uh, and do more than even you think you can do, because uh, you can. So combining all of that, my biggest thing that I've learned is don't be afraid to speak up. So that comes with some caveats, but uh, you know, in your first five years, you're going from the kid fresh out of college to slowly working your way up. And I think when you get to that kind of end of the five-year point, you look around the room and realize you're not the you're not the most junior person sitting around the table. And when that moment kind of hits you, you're like, wait. I think I'm supposed to be contributing the original idea, not just doing the work behind it. And it's a scary moment. And it was a scary moment for me when it first happened, um, when I was at Vice. And what I realized was, that's what your five years have been kind of like training you for, with the help of the right mentors at work, with the help of building up that self-confidence over those years, with the help of like being able to think about what is it that I offer, what are what is it that I'm thinking, and that maybe it's not so bad if I share it. Um, so I will say, definitely do not be afraid to speak up in the way that you can kind of prepare yourself for those types of moments, because you can't, you can't project opportunity. Opportunities are just gonna come. You're not gonna, never, you're never really gonna be totally prepared for them. You just have to know when to grab the right opportunity, sometimes in front of the right people. And that really is, that really just comes with the five years of training you're gonna get, and it's not gonna be anything that's like a formalized thing of learning. You know, the, uh, the things that she's talking about with uh, uh, being able to speak up, confidence. You need to speak with confidence because confidence is contagious. So if you're going to sell an idea or you're going to speak up in a meeting, be confident about yourself uh, and do not um, disclaim it before you even start. So don't start your sentence like, you know, you may not like this, but, you know, this may be a bad idea, but don't disclaim your idea. Be confident about it. And then you can do these things. Then, then you can sit in those meetings and then you can be who you want to be, which is a contributor. They brought you there to contribute, not to just sit there at your desk. So be confident about that. Um, who knows the difference between a sponsor and a mentor, other than the people I told? <laughs> yes, ma'am. A sponsor financially backs your projects and a mentor gives you guidance on how to pursue them. Pretty close um, for what I'm talking about here. That's right. Um, you guys are all looking for mentors and that stuff. And what we're going to do as mentors is we're going to uh, tell you um, advice. We're going to give you advice to do this and do that and do the other thing. A sponsor is going to be that person in the room when you're not there and something comes up and they say, you know what? I think I have the person for that job. And they're going to take some of their hard-earned equity some of their reputation to bring you up. So remember, as you're going through your career, you're gonna want mentors, but you're also gonna need a sponsor if you're gonna move up. So for you guys, uh, mentors and sponsors, how'd you get them? And do you have them? 
I can speak to the sponsorship piece, um, something that happened kind of organically. Uh, I saw an opportunity to work on a, a London project. Uh, obviously, I'm New York based, um, but I saw a project opportunity come in that I was really excited about and thought I could add value to. Um, so I sent a note to the person leading the project and said, hi, would love to jump on this team if there's any opportunity. Um, ended up working on that project and leading it, um, and that sponsorship grew organically. I didn't even realize he had sent a note to my manager and our, our president and kind of went from there. Um, but I think the, the sponsorship piece feels like a more organic path where it's a matter of you kind of putting yourself out there, being visible with senior leadership, um, and not being afraid to communicate hey, I, I think I can help, I'm here to help, I, I have this interest and this passion, because um, that, that can kind of organically uh, gain uh, that kind of confidence with someone who has a senior voice to back you and say, yes, this person does add value. Um, we want to put them forth for other opportunities. Anybody else? Yeah, I had a sponsor uh, kind of like find me and push me along in the direction of media because I studied biology and did some media in school but uh, just kind of went to a networking re event reluctantly the beginning of my senior year and met, um, he was the head writer of The Late Show with David Letterman and when I met him I realized wow somebody could have that job, like that's a, that's a job that I would love to do. I always thought that um, media was like a passion of mine and it couldn't be an actual job and then um, you know he encouraged me to apply to the internship and then he pushed my resume and then I interned there and then it turned into a job um, and then when the show ended I went and I went backpacking and then he called me when I was out backpacking and he said I'm you know I'm at NBC I have this new show this new comedy show I want you to be my first hire and I was not even in the country, but he said, I want you to come back and like move back to New York and take a chance on this. And um, he, to this day, is still like one of the, you know, he continuously took a chance on me and continuously kind of pushed me in this direction. Um, and so, you know, listening to your mentors and allowing them to, and following up when they take a chance on you is a really big thing. Asking them for help and being direct about what it is that you want from them and what it is that they can help you with um, is also a huge thing. And, and don't be afraid to reach out to the people who have the job that you want or the job yeah. that you didn't think that you could ever have, yep. but they have it. Um, reach out to them, be direct, be clear about what it is that you want, and then let the rest happen and continue to say yes. Yeah, I want to speak a little bit to, to having like multiple multiple mentors. Um, I think something that worked really well for me um, is just seeking advice from everyone I could. Um, everybody loves to like talk about themselves. Oh yeah, and give advice. So I, I felt like. That was something that really pushed me forward uh, in college and, and getting my first job is just asking as many people as I could at my internships what their advice would be, what their career paths were, and then they would then give me advice on what I think, uh, what they think I should do, and I culled, you know, together multiple advice, like advice from different um, different people, and I can kind of figure out my own best path. Um, I think that that has helped me uh, get into different. Uh, get different internships at different companies because everybody knows people and so just seeking out multiple people has worked for me. I would say on the mentorship piece, I've had, and when you have a mentor, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're always around, so I'll give you an example. A lot of my mentors are in and out of my life, so depending on what phase of my career I'm in or what I'm focused on, 
I'll speak to somebody that had taken a chance on me in a previous position or in a previous time in my life. They could be somebody that you're constantly in contact with, that you've had a really long relationship with, or they could be somebody that you know, I met at a conference like a month ago and got coffee with them and we really connected. And now I feel very comfortable reaching out to that person to ask them for advice. And they you know, weren't my boss or anything like that, but you know, we had the same values and, and, and they really liked what I had to say. And that is an example of a mentor. Or it can be like my old boss from my previous job that still gives me advice. So they take many different shapes and forms. Um, I would say that when you're looking for a mentor, I know it's really tough because when I graduated or when I was in college, um, it was it was really, really hard because uh, I went to NYU and there's just so many people and so many things in the city and it was overwhelming. And so you're like, where do I even find a mentor? My class has like 50,000 kids in it and I can't talk to my professor. Like, what do I do? So. Um, a lot of what helped was like building my confidence to actually go up to speak to people. I just like kept going to events, regardless of like if it was anything to do with my career or not, or what I wanted to do for a living, and then built that up to try when I was interested in something, whether it was going to a conference about digital media or journalism or something like that, to go and try to target at least one person in the room um, that I thought might be an interesting person to talk to. If it, I, mean, I might have looked them up beforehand, always do your research. But like to try the, some of those strategies, because it is tough in the beginning. I get that. You know, the best way to do that, um, if you're wondering how to do that, is do something for somebody. Don't expect people to just do stuff because you are who you are. But if you do something for somebody, then they're going to do something for you. I'll give you a couple of stories. Uh, how I got to NBC News, I was at MSNBC. I was doing, uh, um, uh, I was head of marketing for MSNBC. And I happened to be at an African-American forum for GE, which was all of the African-American um, uh, employees. And by the way, if you're in a company and you have affinity groups or ERGs, the Women's Network, the Veterans Network, whatever, and you're not part of that, you're missing out. Because this is where you're going to actually meet people who are going to make a difference. So I'm at this thing, I'm sitting at a screening, a movie screening, and the president of NBC News sits down next to me. And this was 2008, and Barack Obama was just getting elected. And I thought, I'm not going to waste this. I'm sitting next to the president of news. And I said, you know, everybody seems to love this Obama guy. Why don't we have a DVD called Yes We Can, The Barack Obama Story? And he said, you know, we tried uh, Princess Diana. We tried the Pope. We tried a bunch of these. And they only sell about 300. And I said, well, you know, I'm at MSNBC. We already have a uh, Barack Obama hour. And we could just throw in a little bit of election stuff, take a week, maybe 2,000 bucks. And he said, yeah, go ahead and do it. I didn't work for him. So we did it. And instead of selling 300 of them, the first week we sold 100,000 of them at 1995. Now, I'm not an MBA, but I can do that math. And after that, um, I got a call. And he said, hey, once he saw the numbers, and uh, we did a couple more of those. And it was like millions of dollars. And he called and said, why aren't you working for me? And that's how I got to NBC News. Do something for somebody, and they'll do something for you. Now, I want to get to the other side of it. Everything is like hunky-dory. Everything's wonderful. It's, you follow these, and, and you're going to be, but there are hard parts. Everything doesn't go really smoothly. I remember when I went, first went to NBC Entertainment, uh, the first spot I did, uh, it was a commercial for uh, Seinfeld. 
And my boss, I went in, and this, I'm new, and this is a new boss, and he looks at it and he says, Val, this is funny, this is effing funny, and this is you. <laughs> now, I don't need you to get to effing funny, but I need you to get to funny. And if you have a thin skin, you will be weeping, but not me. I went out and did another one. And the second time he said, Val, I could give you a yes on that, or I could take this pen and I could stick it in my eye, and right now the pen looks really good. <laughs> have you guys run into any sort of difficult times, and then how did you overcome those? Yeah, I can, so I can speak to that a little bit. I think in your life, you're gonna be faced with what people like to call constructive criticism, right? So I got constructive criticism from my mentors. One of my old bosses was very, he had very high expectations in terms of work product and the type of work that we did. And he was very harsh with me, but it was in a way that like I knew that it was coming from a good place. There are other parts in your life where you may receive criticism from people that it may not have as much substance or it might come off as just plain mean. And that has happened to me before and I've been in those situations and it can really break down your confidence but the one thing that you have to remember is at the end of the day, like you have, you're constantly learning. If you're not learning, you should probably move on to something else, I'm being very honest with you. Like I am always learning in my job. I have been in this industry for the last five years. When I started out, I started out in banking and finance, covering media companies and that's how I ended up at NBC. But I was constantly being pushed and constantly learning. That doesn't mean you have to be working 100 hours a week. Granted, I, I did do that and it was really tough on me and my morale. But that does mean that you have to be learning. And if your curiosity dies, then I, that's a problem. Hard times. Yeah, I think I, so I'm in programming and scheduling and everybody on my team is super perfectionist. Like we have, you have to save an Excel document on the top left, like cell, like an A3. <laughs> and you, everything has to be, every tab has to be saved like that. Um, and that's just like a little bit of like what the rest of the team is like. And I think, you know, when I first started out and even now, you know, I've been at the team for about two and a half, almost three years. Um, even now, you know, when I make mistakes and somebody catches it, it, it kind of, for a team that's a full of perfectionists, you kind of are like, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry that like you're all perfect and, and I'm not perfect or whatever, but everybody makes mistakes and, and like that, you just kind of have to like self-talk yourself through it and be like, it's okay, like, you know, you saved it on A4, you should have saved it on A3, like, you're not, you know, you're not terrible, but like, obviously that's a hyperbole, but, but you know, just because you're making mistakes or just you're learning and, and, and everybody knows that and they're making mistakes and you're making mistakes and not everybody's perfect and, and as much as like your boss may like have this picture of, of perfection as you know they walk in the room, they're not as well and, and so everybody's human um, and that's just something that like I have to self-talk myself through any, like every day anyways. Um, so that I would, is highly recommended you guys do too um, if you ever encounter that. Yeah, I'm a producer and the, like, I'm sure Shannon, you can relate to this. As a producer, your job is to just get it done. Um, and you'll have people above you giving you parameters that don't make sense. Like you'll want a major eye roll when they're talking at you about what they want. The dreaded um, notes. Totally, I have yeah. notes for you. Oh yeah, you'll, you'll have a video and edit and it's due the next day, they want it the next day and they hand you a batch of notes, make all these changes in the next hour and so you're sitting there with the editor for the rest of, you know, it's these kinds of changes. It's, it's the same everywhere. I used to work for a sketch comedy show and it was like 
we're going to go live at 11.30 and 11.15, changes have to be made to scripts and stuff. And, and everything happens uh, really quickly. And one of the things that I've found, and I'm still kind of working through this, but one of the things that I've found in order to make these things happen, you can't absorb the yeah. negative energy. Exactly. And that's, you know, that could be coming from you. You could have feel negative energy about all of these people that you resent that are making all these things hard for you. It could be the negative energy, energy of the person who sits next to you. You know, I used to be a producer on a team of three producers. The one guy to my left was very story driven. The one guy to my right was very visuals driven. And so no matter what, one person was always unhappy because of the <laughs> schedule we were given or the budget we were given. And, you know, I was in the middle. And so you, if, if you want to be a creative as a writer or as a producer or as a director, you're going to have to make projects happen. Um, and so keeping the lightness, keeping things light, keeping an open mind, thinking on the fly, like I've been in so many situations where all of those things have really helped me. Definitely. I think all of this kind of culminates into something that I, maybe this goes back to your first question for what I've learned is never judge a good day by everything going right. Like that is yeah. that you're going to be disappointed day in and day out yeah, if that's your happen. metric um, because things will go wrong. It's more how we react to them and how we can take those challenges and take those problems and those things being thrown at us and even any internal kind of dialogue you may have that might not be on the positive up and up track. Um, but it's really about kind of turning that and, and taking that and turning it into fuel for solutions and, and kind of sourcing uh, what those uh, solves may be. Um, so it could be managing internal teams and also having clients in your ear. Um, in my role, I work and manage directly with our, our clients and liaise with them while working with our internal strategic teams and our designers and developers. So to make sure all the uh, plates keep spinning, um, but that everyone's voice is heard. Um, making sure your voice is also not lost in that as well, like just having trust in the value that you're bringing and that in your kind of oversight, uh, just from seeing everyone raise their hands earlier um, for all the projects you guys are working on, I think like 90% of the room said that they had, um, in an earlier panel, uh, mentioned that they had produced something in the last month, let alone the last week. Um, you guys are already managing everything, so have faith in these projects you've done thus far and take that into uh, whatever your kind of next career step is. And remember, problems are are good. You want problems. I remember my number two used to come to me at, at, at MSNBC and, and he'd walk in and go, oh, we got a problem with the thing and, the, and we can't do the thing with the thing and the thing. And I'd say, Dave, Dave, stop, stop. If everything was perfect, what do I need you for? <laughs> problems give you an opportunity to be a hero. Problems gives you an opportunity to solve something for your boss. Problems are good. If you can solve that problem, you become something, somebody special. So do not look at problems as like, oh my God, it's all. No, I look at it as an opportunity every time. And that, that guy who was giving me the hard time, when he was doing that stuff, I made a vow to myself, I was gonna do the best work he'd ever seen. And a year and a half later, I won him his first Emmy. Look at it as, a, as an opportunity, look at it as a challenge, and then go get it. Um, we're getting close to um, the end of this thing, but I want to give you guys time um, to ask questions. Um, so last thing I'm going to ask you guys, and then we're going to go to questions. And then at the end, I have a little special thing for you. 
So don't run out the door. This is sort of like the end of a Marvel movie. I have a little thing for you. <laughs> um, okay, so best advice that you can give these people today. Who wants to start? I'll start. Um, so my best advice is uh, never be afraid to use your network. Uh, you guys probably all have a, a large alumni base and you know, reach out to them. I know that I'm always reaching out to people on Facebook that I had classes with like three years ago or, and just be like, hey, I know you work at you know, Amazon. Like, how's that going for you? Like, are, have you heard of anything coming up? Like, are there any informationals yeah. I can have? You know, never be afraid to just reach out to your network base. Um, you never know where you might know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody that can get you somewhere that you want to be. Yeah, along those lines, I would say have a 20-second elevator speech about yes, yourself. Yes, please. Um, if you were to get in an elevator with somebody whose job you want or who's somebody you want to be that person, um, to have a 20-second speech that says who you are, where you came from, and what you want to do. Or if you're currently in a job, what you're doing as well. Um, just get that concise so that if you have to present yourself to somebody, you can. Yeah, and uh, another point to that is if you're in an interview and they ask you what you want to do and you say, I, I, I will do anything, that does nothing for us because we, we don't know where to put you now. You've made your career my job figuring that out for you, and I'm not going to do that. So have an idea of what you want to do and where you want to go. This is more of a general life uh, uh, kind of best learning that I have, uh, and it comes from my mom, and it's just that attitude is everything. Um, so I think it goes back to kind of what you're bringing into each day and each team that you work with and each encounter. Um, that kind of spirit and energy people can feel immediately. So if you walk into a meeting room, you walk into a client presentation, and you're not kind of bringing that best energy, everything else will, will kind of go down, downhill as a result. So I would say kind of bring the, bring the spirit and the drive and the excitement that you, that you feel for, um, for this media and entertainment space and that brought you guys all here today. Confidence is contagious. Yeah. There was a guy who walked into um, a, a movie studio and said, look, I want to do this movie. It's going to cost $500 million. I don't even have the technology yet, um, but I need the money up front so that I can get this movie done. Almost every studio said, out of here. But one said yes. And that guy was James Cameron, and the movie was Avatar. Confidence is contagious. Uh, so this is life and career advice, which is completely be true to yourself. So when I was in college, I had, I was supposed to be like five different other things than what I am now, okay? And everyone gets that. I think this goes along, there's a way to balance the 20 second elevator speech and like knowing what you're interested in and what you may want to pursue is not going to define who you are for the rest of your life, okay? This is your time now to figure it out. This is your time now to ask people questions about what they like about their job, what they don't like about their job, why they're in their job. Like ask those questions, but be true to yourself. Don't you know, go after a job because, you know, something somewhere in some article said it was like the coolest job ever. Like, don't be inauthentic to yourself. You really have to ask yourself, like, what are you interested in? What will drive you to get up at, you know, get up every day and get into the office and do this thing, whatever that is. Um, so definitely, definitely think about that. And you heard somebody earlier talk about passion. You know, try to stick with your passion projects, but whatever you do, do it the best you can. Here's a career thing. If you can imagine a motorboat going through the water, okay, 
At the top, up here, the goal is you're going to do the best job you can at that. You're going to be the best at it. And as the motorboat goes through the water heading for that goal, in the wake of the motorboat will come advancement, money, promotions, awards. All of that stuff happens in the wake because you're heading for this goal. But what happens if you veer off for money or for awards or for whatever? What happened to this goal? So remember why you're doing what you're doing and why you're going to get there. I took a job once uh, with, it was <laughs> unbelievable amount of money. I had office in New York, I had one in Hollywood, I had one on the Disney lot, and um, it was the worst job I ever. And I only lasted a year. And it was the most money I ever made. But I did it for the money, not because I was passionate about the job. And after a year, I resigned, I walked away from it. My last piece of advice to you guys is volunteer for everything. Volunteer. I don't care if it's in your area or whatever. Volunteer and be the first one to say yes. I, I'll do that for you. And I don't even care if you're getting paid. Every time you do that, somebody owes you something. <laughs> and eventually that's going to pay you back. My goal in life is to make sure everyone owes me a favor. Yeah. Yeah, you, got, you don't want to be invisible. Um, there's a way that I'm not invisible. <laughs> I have 200 pair of cowboy boots, and that's not by accident. If I'm in a room at NBC or Comcast and I say something smart and they don't know who I am, somebody's going to say, oh, it's the black guy in the cowboy boots. <laughs> and they're going to find me. All right, who's got questions? Come on up. Questions? You guys know all of this stuff? Oh, here we go. I'm Abby Jasmine Rose. Abby. And I am a singer primarily. And so sometimes what I have to offer is just my talents. And so I'm wondering in cases where, you know, you said you have to give someone something and help them. I don't know. Like, what else, what else do we have to give if the person doesn't particularly need what we have to give? Well, then, th then you do what Justin Bieber did, and you do it online. A few years ago, um, I got invited to a uh, uh, beauty parlor grand reopening. I don't know anything about beauty parlors, but it was a friend of mine, and we went there, and I found out that the hairdressers were crazy, and then I found out the customers were even more crazier than the hairdressers. So what we did was we took our little iPhone cameras, and we shot three five-minute segments called Rap, Rinse, Repeat, and we threw them on YouTube. And uh, I forgot all about them, but they got like 500,000 views. And 11 months later, I get a call from um, David Wolper Productions in Los Angeles. And they said, hey, we were looking for a, um, a beauty parlor show. You want to be in business? Do what you do. Make sure people see it. Put it up everywhere. Because we have, at NBC, we have nothing but uh, entire groups that are scouring the internet looking for talent. Awesome. 
Thanks. I would also, if I could just add one yes, other please. thing as a singer as well, oh. um, yeah. I, I would say, <laughs> I would say uh, there's a lot of spaces in the city. I'm not sure if you're in New York, um, yeah. but if you are, yeah, there's uh, yoga studios that do live music yoga, oh. so you can actually do that for trade um, and meet people that way. Um, there's also different uh, for cause events that you could sing at. Um, so I would say if you can find a kind of a cross section of your passion for singing, but also a passion for something else or a way to kind of give back. And I think that ties in nicely to what uh, Val's been speaking about is to kind of uh, kind of marry those two, then that might be a good opportunity. Awesome. Thank you so much. I wouldn't much. do the heavy metal stuff at the yoga class, though. Right? No, I'll save that. They've done techno time. opera. It was like a little questionable, but <laughs> depending on what you're into. It doesn't work well with downward dog. I, I, I don't do techno opera, by the way. That was someone else. <laughs> okay, any other questions? Yes. Oh, that's a little low. Okay, okay. I got it. There you go. You Hi. Got it. Um, I wanted to ask, um, after you graduated from college, um, did you go straight into, like, did you get an internship, or did you go straight into a job, or did you go into um, graduate school? So, like, how did you figure out what you wanted to do after you graduated from four years of college? So, that's I know for me, um, because I was going to college in the city, I did a ton of internships in college to try to help me figure out what I wanted to do. I worked for a, like a US, con like I did a political internship and a marketing internship and I just like tried and tested all these different things. Yeah, I, I had no idea. I thought I was going to law school. No, I'm not there yet. But, but um, that was really helpful for me. But also talking to a lot of other students um, and like grad students too in, in in my school um, was really helpful because you can get a sense of like, I, I thought I wanted to get a master's too and I was like, should I get my master's? Should I? And um, I think one big thing is, is that you, you learn a little bit about yourself through that journey. Like when you're asking people all these questions, you start to realize like what, you're, what you like, what you don't like, what your personality is like. Because to be very honest, some professions are really meant for certain types of personalities. And if your personality doesn't fit that profession, you're probably not gonna do the, you're not gonna be the best there, and it's something that people should probably think about. Um, and then I started working right after college. Young man. My question is very simple. Uh, how do you find a mentor? Like, because you can find people that influence you that maybe you don't necessarily always agree with. What do you look for? Is it someone you actively search for? Yeah, sometimes. I mean, sometimes it's like LinkedIn. You see somebody has a job that you, a job at a company you want to work at. And most people, when you reach out to them, won't reply. Um, but if you get one reply and they're down to get coffee with you, you really just need, you, you'll build mentors at that point, but if you get one mentor from something like that, that's great. Um, events like this, really yeah. following up with people when they say that they're open to helping you. Just like take people for their word and then follow up and be clear. And if you pay me, I'll mentor you. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll say the hardest thing that I found is getting in the door. Like once you're in the door, it's a little bit yeah. easier to find a mentor and find exactly. and 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 find what you uh, who you want to connect with. But but just getting somebody to actually like listen to you and speak to you that's the hardest part. And once you hit that hurdle, then the rest is easier. It's not easy, but it's easier. Okay, word. Last one. Uh, has your success for you? Has your success like winning an Emmy and all that been all you thought it would be? Say it again. Like during the process of 
fighting to become successful, working hard, all that. Mm -hmm. When you finally got there, did it feel how you expected it? No, no. You know what, it ends up, don't chase those kind of things. Because when I was a young producer, I used to have a uh, uh, picture of an Emmy on my bathroom mirror. And it said, this is the goal, work hard today. And I wanted an Emmy before I was 30, so I got one at 28. But one time, I got robbed. And they took my, uh, all of my electronics and stuff, and I could see they had picked up one of the Emmys, took a look at it, put it back. <laughs> like a bowling trophy. They didn't even care about it. And it gave me a really good sense of, that's not what's important. What's important is the work. And whether it wins an Emmy or not, who cares? It's the journey, it's the work that's important, it's the passion that you feel. That's what's important. And if you do that thing, the motorboat thing, and your passion's at the top, you will get all that other stuff. But don't chase that stuff just to be chasing it. I learned that the hard way, don't do it. All right, we're about out of time, but I wanna do uh, two quick things for you. Um, put down all of your stuff and stand up. Now, before you go into an interview, before you go to do a pitch, um, here's what I want you to do. There's a thing called power pose. And if you go into the bathroom and you do a power pose, you will feel better. You will feel strong. There's two different poses to do, and we're gonna try it. First pose is this one. I am strong. I know what I'm doing. The next one is the Superman pose or the Wonder Woman pose. I am strong. I know what I'm doing. Do those before you do any sort of pitch. Now sit down and I'm going to calm you down a little bit. I do this every time before, uh, after I work out at the gym, I do this. I used to teach martial arts and this was the last thing that I taught everybody. This is gonna take 20 seconds and it's gonna focus you every day, especially when things are real tense, They're really tense. Close your eyes, relax, unfold your arms, breathe normally. Now I want you to think about one thing that went really well for you. At home, at work, here, doesn't matter. Went really well for you. Now I want you to think about one thing that didn't go so well. At home, at work, at school, just didn't go the way you wanted it. And what are you going to do to fix that? What are you gonna do to make sure that doesn't happen again? And the last thing, I want you to think about one thing in your life that you are so grateful for. It's why you do all of this. What are you so grateful for? And then open your eyes. Now here's what you just did. You gave yourself credit for something. We never do that. We always think about all the stuff that went bad. So once a day, give yourself credit. We had a problem, we figured out a solution. Didn't have to figure out all of them, just one. And, three, and the third thing is we remembered why we do stuff. Centers you, gets you back to where you're supposed to be. And that's all we got. Thank the panel. <laughs>
Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Future Now Media Podcast. You can also follow us on our Facebook page, as well as on Instagram and LinkedIn. Till next time, I'm Peggy Kim. And remember, a future now is a future one.